you are definitely not Travis. You Travis are oh Travis, I'm, I'm hearing myself in the stream on Anybody the see Travis. Wow, it's like Inception or something going on here. Uh, you are my son, Zach Com. That's correct. I, I have uh, 100% more genetic connection to you than Travis does. <laughs> co-host now with 100% more genetic connection. Uh, my son, Zach, the co-host of today's episode number 38 of The Nifty Show. Here we go. Looking into the future, what do we see? It's lined with digital collectibles, we call them NFTs. Games, trading cards, digital art, and those crypto kitties. Travis and Joel are the hosts you'll know. Travis and Joel say this won't blow. They're locked and loaded, so ready, set, go. It's the nifty, really kind of spiffy, the nifty show. Number 38 right here, all up in your eyeballs. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. You know, my favorite thing about the, the whole little theme song you've got there is that it, it really puts into perspective how incredibly expansive the space is already. And it's that, that video is already crazy outdated, right? Yeah, and that's the third version of it. We, this is episode 38, so we've been doing this, you know, for about eight months right um and this is that's the third version of the video and i feel like all right it's time to do another one again and put some new stuff in there i just can't keep up with it all it's hard to keep up with it all it's, it's freaking impossible i mean it, blockchain on its own just cryptocurrencies on their own uh, it's impossible to keep up with but now nfts are, are exploding in a way that i've never seen so you're here today because Travis is heading out uh, to Eastern Europe on a plane, and uh, I'm sitting on my sofa doing this on my laptop because I'm moving. My place is almost empty. This sofa is already sold. I've just asked the buyer to, to wait to pick it up for a couple days, so I have a place to sleep for a couple nights. But if you were to see my place, it's mostly barren. And so uh, the next Nifty show will be from a new location which I will share with you guys in the future. But not exciting. Quite. Yeah, very exciting. Um, we've got two drops that are going to take place today. Two guests, two drops, two scoops of whatever you prefer. The, uh, the guest we'll have dropping in first has done something really in innovative on the Ethereum blockchain with NFTs called Proof of Beauty. And uh, he'll be here shortly. And then after that, we have a repeat guest, a great friend of this show and the Bad Crypto Podcast. Two great friends, actually. Veza and Brittany Kaiser of Own Your Data Foundation. They're working on a collab together for an art project. And it's going to be epic. And you're going to have a chance to pre-order the art project today by purchasing a piece of art. Art for art is smart. I might fart. Don't start. Uh, and also, Zach, we have, uh, we're going to be showing off the latest edition for the Bitcoin collection, the 2010 Bitcoin price piece, which is going to go on sale on the 21st of March. Um, and we have a special, unique Bitcoin Elite drop that we're going to do uh, just about an hour from now. That's going to be a fun reveal. I've been looking forward to uh, unleashing this one. Is uh, is Sprite there? 
like, she she her 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 little um like bed makes crinkly noises which are the same noises that she makes when she's chewing on something plastic that she's not supposed to so sometimes it still triggers my reflex oh bad kitty so um i want to show you guys something cool uh, you know art by alex alex is the guy who does a lot of our cool 3d badges for blockchain heroes he's branched out into doing his own collection and i have commissioned him to create some art just for us and for the bad crypto podcast and i want to show you guys this piece right here look at this we minted 21 of these unique pieces Travis wanted number 21. I took number one. We've given a few out to uh, our producer. Zach has one. And uh, we're going to be making some of these available to some of our fans here in the near future. Uh, but right now I see we have a guest here in the house. He is proof of beauty himself. David's yeah. son. Welcome. Hey, to nice to meet you all of you guys. Yeah, brother. Good to meet you too. Uh, this is my son, Zach. Hey. So we have David's son, we have my son, and, <laughs> and I got some puns on the way. Um, so Travis discovered the work that you're doing, and he thought it was absolutely fascinating. I've not had as much time to dive in, but Zach has. So um, you guys can go check it out at pob.studio, and I'm going to pull it up. But why don't you tell us what this is all about? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've heard so many different metaphors people have used, stories to, to, to explain it. So I'm going to give the one that I, I like the most. Um, people, I think um, one way to interpret this is kind of like a, a penny pressing machine. You know, those you see at the carnival where you put like a two quarters in and then a penny and then, you know, you, you crank the machine and then you get this nice memorabilia and the penny is worth a lot more or, or to hopefully worth a little bit more than just a penny. Um, and, and in many ways, uh, Proof of Beauty's hash um, is the Ethereum's edition of a coin pressing machine. Um, you put in a, a transaction hash and then we go out and, you know, uh, fetch all the metadata we need, right? So gas prices, the nonce, uh, uh, which addresses were sent and received, uh, you know, all of this data and we actually generate a generative artwork for you through using all this metadata, right? So it's like strongly correlated, just like how, you know, when you put the penny in, you know, the penny in many ways is part of the artwork, right? So that's kind of uh, what Proof of Beauty uh, hashes, right? And so we recently sold out season zero, which is about 2,555 of them. And um, we're currently working on season one. So with season one, I guess we're, we're gonna have a new uh, bash um, available to mint. Uh, let me think what am I going to miss? Yeah. So if you want to get one right now, it's only on the secondary market. Um, but if you do want to try it, you can put any kind of transaction hash you want, um, you know, within the search bar and see how it would look like visually. Um, it works with all 1 trillion or, you know, transactions and whatever the latest block is, go, go try and fetch and give it a whirl. Um, so yeah, uh, that's Proof of Beauty's hash. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what he's doing is he, he's created this system that uh, marks uh, a, a moment in time where a transaction takes place with, with a unique visual, right? right? 
So the, these become permanent references back to meaningful transactions. Right. But why, how is, you know, how is the AI working to create this piece I'm looking at right here? What's the data <laughs> that, that is causing it to be these shapes and colors and yeah. distribution? Um, if you could click on one of these, um, you, you'll see some of that data available already. Um, okay. You can see on the artwork features, you can see how the gas limit affects the texturing you see on the artwork. You see how gas price affects the sizes of the things. The nonce affects how visually complex it is, right? So these are all kind of like mapping to parameters, right? So this is a Uniswap transaction. You're going to get those colors, right? If you and, and whoever sent it, these are all deterministic. Right, so if I were to find another transaction sent by 0x9c, um, you're going to see the same exact sh like gold, green, like kind of minty sheen um, on that artwork, right? So that's kind of how it's, I guess, to answer your question, this is how we take, you know, transaction data and, and convert it to visual information. So you could do this with any, any piece, um, you can, you know, uh, try on any gallery. It works for all one trillion transactions. But who's counting? <laughs> um, I guess EtherScan's counting for that. <laughs> now, w would you say that the the intent of what all of these pieces looks like was was inspired by by fractals? Because that's what it personally reminds me of. Mm -hmm. Um. I, that's a great question. Um, at a purely artistic level, I, I, it, it, it doesn't, it's, it's very easy for things to look fractally esque with generative art. Um, I wouldn't say I'm strongly inspired by fractal works. Um, it's, I think a natural tendency of, of creating pattern based or rules based right, rule based artworks. Um, it does use some recursive processes that you can suggest to be fractal in nature, but um, yes and no is, is my answer to that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yes and no. <laughs> it could be that my, my inborn pattern recognition is just going a little bit haywire on that, on that point. No, I've, I've heard this many times, but it's like part of, uh, I guess, all generative art is you can start picking on the patterns, right? And I think that's both its best part as, as an art um, process, but also, um, in many ways, uh, for many people, um, something that, you know, creates, you know, it makes it look, uh, I guess, repeatable or, or, or there's patterns to it, right? So um, I, I've, I put a lot of work into making this work such that, you know, if I were to give you 30,000 of these, this should look fairly visually different, even though there's a lot of consistent patterns, they should look interesting if I were to give you, you know, a very large set. Right. So that's one of the many challenges when you create generative artworks is how can you have pattern, but yet also uh, uh, create visually interesting things again and again and again. Who is, so I'm looking here on OpenSea. These are mm -hmm. um, pieces of POB that have been listed. Who names them? Is that like, yeah. can, you own it? can you name it? Yeah. So uh, currently it's, you know, the owners uh, um, get to name these artworks. Um, that's something that they retain as a right um and, and so yes the, the owners name it and, and we kind of we you know obviously this kind of raises an interesting question is how can we trust this um and, and at this point we're, we're still in a phase where it's kind of like do your own research style 
Uh, um, we do have a, a great Discord community to kind of like verify each other's works, to kind of um, say, hey, can you can you, can you check this? Am I correct in saying that this is the DAO hack withdrawal transaction? Is this actually, in fact, the most expensive transaction ever to be sent on the Ethereum blockchain? So there's been a lot of people doing that, but also to to address this, we are actually working on creating like a almost a community uh, uh, voted upon, I guess, uh, historians panel that would, you know, give like almost like a Twitter verification, but instead of a Twitter ver verification, like a historian's ver verification that, you know, what you wrote is verified by this group of people. Um, and that's something we're working on right now. Now, you, you said that a, a series one was on the way. Would you be able to uh, to tease how the, uh, the direction of this <laughs> Uh, might go with series one. Yeah, yeah, I could uh, definitely speak on, on on some things. Some things I'm I'm going to keep closer to the chest. Um, season one, I think, in many ways, is our continued explore exploration of what history means uh, um, in the theory in the blockchain community. Right, it, it is uh, both um, communal but also yet personal. Right, um, and for many, right, like myself included, our very first transaction it is. Uh, Sending from Coinbase to uh, to our own private key, it's you know, there's some amount of nervousness to it, uh, right? Like buying your first NFT, you know, making your first trade. There's always some amount of energy to that, some amount of emotions, right? When you get your Uniswap drops. So season one is is um, our is thematically around how can we you know celebrate uh, this these kind of moments of history, right? I think. Our first series, uh, season zero, is about, you know, just a, a rather blank slate where it's a, hey, let's go collect history, right? And I think um, moving on, we want to really start to explore uh, different themes in history. So season one will have its new visual generative process. It's going to have its own, you know, uh, uh, minting kind of experience around that, that, you know, would be more inclusive uh, for people to mint their own history. Um, and there's all kinds of things that we're, we're um, thinking about there, but it's centrally around, we really want to kind of promote this idea of celebrating your history, our, um, in many ways, it's also our history, but like your first steps or, or your best trade or, or <laughs> some people like what would be, um, I've seen people do with, with season zero is uh, mint their, their um, transactions that, you know, people will have done to hack them or scam them. Right. So it's, it's a way to celebrate us, right? So that, that's series one, season one, and it's coming in mid-April. Um, that's our target. So what was the price on these that sold out? How long did it take for them to sell out? And what's yeah. it's going to be on season one? Yeah, so uh, we had an interesting pricing mechanism. If you were to scroll all the way up and hit the Genesis there's, uh, on, the, on the right there, um, and you could scroll down a bit, I think it's one of our cards here, and this kind of gives you the best visual here is we sold 2,555 and the first 1,000 was priced at 0 0.05. So this is a bonding curve uh, um, price mechanism. And then the next 1,555 were growing at a, a steady linear rate of 0 0.001. So the last uh, um, mint was about 1.604 ETH if I remember correctly. Um, and, and so we sold these out about 12 days ago if I remember on top of my head and the project was, um, was launched about uh, late January. So we definitely uh, started to pick up some steam during February and then people were really engaged about finding history, finding moments 
and then finding ways to, you know, get it minted. Um, so, so that was, um, that. And, and so season one, we're, we're going to be revisiting a lot of interesting ways of how can we price this, um, reflective of our theme about personal history, right? It may not make sense to price it so expensive, right? For just your first NFT transaction, but it may make more sense for, let's just say the very, very first transaction on, you know, depositing 32 ETH into a ETH2 uh, deposit contract, right? That's, um, has a lot more speculative value, you know, could be appraised better. So, so I'm not going to speak too much on the details because that's something we're figuring out, but um, we're, 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 we're looking at this problem as who do we think the target audience is per season and, and finding the best pricing to reflect that. So, so does that mean when I go to buy one, I just put in a text ID, whether it's a transaction that I created or does it have to be in my wallet? Like I got to connect my MetaMask and that text ID for the one I'm created has to be in my history? Uh, great question. Uh, no, you could try any uh, uh, transactions, um, at least in season zero or and season one. Um, we can obviously parameterize that and change that behavior. It could be uh, you could only put transactions that you were, you know, you held ETH during that time and that transaction was actually mine, right? So it's kind of like rewarding people for being there when the actual event happened. Or, or we can do even crazier stuff, right? Uh, but for season one, it's all transactions will be open for grabs, but we'll have a pricing mechanism um, that rewards personal history over everything else. That's I'm trying to skirt around what I what I can say here. <laughs> it would be fun to see, like uh, you know, um, a proof of beauty uh, crypto kitties edition, right? That oh yes, three texts, every one of them would have to be a reimagining of the transaction that took place for buying or selling a crypto kitty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's been something that, uh, we keep on coming back to is like, we would love to celebrate even these specific like kind of slices of, of our collective history. Um, we, we were really like thinking, like, what can we do to make maybe if we if we were to confine it to say just Uniswap transactions, right. And that would mean that we have from one transaction, we could get so much more data out of it, right? We can tell what token was transferred to what, right? Um, what happened to liquidity pools or whatever. Right? And this could be the same with CryptoKitties, right? Like, was this, you know, a, a, a breeding transaction if this was a buy or a sell or whatever, right? With this, we can inform a richer experience around the artworks, right? So I think at a creative level, we're super interested in stuff like that. Uh, the seasonal model that we have allows us to creatively go in that direction. Um, so it's all good ideas and, and it's a matter of time and effort, you know, and a lot of elbow grease to get there. <laughs> that, go ahead. I, I know I'm, I'm probably speaking pretty far out into the future, but I, I personally love to see this, this sort of thing enter the third dimension because right now there's, oh these two new images but if there was like a unique sculpture that could be rotated and manipulated and still held all of that that unique, yeah that would be really cool yeah um if you could so i we technically actually have that but it's only for owners um so if you are an owner I, I, if you could go on my twitter I'm, or on proven beauty's twitter and search like parallax there i have had a video there but you can if you are the owner like um play around with the card and you can see kind of like this nice layering 3d effect 
um, on these artworks. And because they're generative by nature, you know, all the data is there, I can do those kind of things. Uh, we're also very interested in physicality. Uh, how do we present this in the physical world and, and, and make it tangible and nature? Um, and with that, we, you know, we're working with a muralist to, to get this, get, to have a community vote, choose one of these and we'll paint it on a wall. I'll make it very feel larger than life. Cause I think we're all very used to seeing NFTs, you know, confined to a screen. And we were like, what if we can blow one of these NFTs up and, and have it take over your whole peripheral view? I think that's very interesting. Uh, uh, we're interested in, in like, uh, I've, we have communicated with some artists and say, hey, can you do uh, uh, like, a, like, a, like a 3D, uh, I guess, visual, uh, a 3D representation in real life, right? So you can maybe like hang layer one off of strings and the next layer is like um, a little bit um, behind it and you can walk around it as well. Um, so we're very interested in those kind of things. And then how can we take an NFT that's, you know, an image and, and really give it life um, and really make it uh, have a deeper story. Um, and they're all in progress. Um, um, wow. You know. <laughs> well, this is really cool, David. I'm glad you were able to, to jump on here. Yeah. yeah. I understand much better now. And I'm sorry <laughs> that I missed this uh, this first sale. There's so much going on. Nobody mm -hmm. told me, and it was 12 <laughs> days ago. And I'm like getting all the FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, stay tuned for season one. Um, I guess we'll be talking about it on Twitter. We're, we're working hard on it, um, and I'm very excited for season one. Uh, well, we're we're trying a lot of new ideas. But let us know here. Be sure to yep. let Travis or myself know. Um, and we'll we'll let people know. So very Absolutely. cool. POB.studio, Mr. David Sun. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Thank you. Wow. Zach, you could also you could do the same with with really any chain, right? If you wanted to say, all right, we're gonna hash, we're gonna create generative art on blockchain heroes. You could totally do that, right? And it goes in the blockchain and what does it create? I, I don't know. Maybe Veza would know. Veza, you can come on in, dude. We see you. You can't hide now. Yeah, I'm trying. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, man. Uh, have you met my son, Zach? Hey, Zach. I've heard a lot about you, and I, I, I have we met before on a I on mean, a stream, not live. Some brief exchanges. But yeah, uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, Thanks. Zach is the one responsible for ideating uh, Brightstroke, so he helped bring your the hero you inspire to life thank you so much sir it was a pleasure he's an artist of the mind yeah. as are we all i think in this whole yeah. thing so fun well, to be with you ah richard is coming yes we have two two people who inspired heroes with us actually there's four people who inspired <laughs> heroes all right here. <laughs> we've got well three and a half uh me being half of uh, a sooth and sayer, um, one being <laughs> chaos theory, which is Zach, of course, Veza is a uh, bright stroke. And then the one and only data Avenger, Brittany, <laughs> whistleblower from Cambridge Analytica and the founder of the own your data foundation. How you doing, Brittany? I'm great. Thank you for having me on today, Joel. Yeah, nice to meet you, Zach. Yeah. Great to meet you as well. Also, Zach is, you know, the one who ideated uh, Data Adventure and gave you that little pet bot that, you know, Yes, I love that. <laughs> My drone, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Is it hovering around there somewhere? 
It's so good. <laughs> Do you kind of wish you had one for real? Yeah, it's, you know, I I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> when that came out, it, it was my biggest celebration. The first time I had been, you know, turned into a, a superhero and a blockchain superhero, no doubt. So, you know. <laughs> and you all tatted us all again. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys, so you two were collaborating. The, the meeting of the hero minds have come together and... Um, you guys are working on something. I don't even know exactly what it is. I know what the pre-sale is and, and we're going to have a special um, sale today, a pre-sale of this work of art you're working on. And I think I'm not going to show it yet. I've got it set to go live uh, in, oh, we better talk fast. It goes live in 10 minutes. So Veza, tell us what you're working on. Well, I have the incredible distinct privilege of, uh, not only knowing a little bit about the story, as most of us do, of what Brittany has gone gone through and is still uh, actively fighting and, and doing. And uh, for, for people who might be unaware, if you've lived under the rock and you haven't heard of Cambridge Analytica and the incredible story that Brittany is quite interwoven with, uh, I'd recommend the Netflix documentary, The Great Hack. And uh, it, it sort of ties in with this uh, the, and the social dilemma as well. It, it, it's such an incredible story because it's a personal touching story and it has a financial aspect to it and kind of how life throws you into a whole curveball and you fight with your values and you fight with uh, how to survive and then maintain your integrity and do all of these kinds of things that almost everyone can relate to. But then there's an overarching thing that, uh, you know, just almost overnight data became the most precious resource in the world, uh, surpassing crude oil. And, and we, we don't really understand data very well. We don't know how valuable our data is. And we're just sort of accustomed to getting a service for free from Facebook. And then they sort of do very tricky stuff behind the scenes. And, you know, this uh, Brittany's revelations of what she did. I mean, the, the, if you don't mind, I mean, she doesn't toot her own horn uh, that much at all. So I hope you don't mind that I do it a little bit for you. But once I learned just a little bit of the figures, it just blew me away so much. I mean, when she came out with her information, there were about 35,000 articles written about her uh, in a day, on consecutive days. And Facebook lost 120 billion in market value the day, the day that information came out. And uh, you know now there's uh, what was it something like five million articles written about your association to this huge story that has such relevance to us all. You know with the woke armies and the things and the uh, sort of polarization of society and uh, all of us in our families are actually deeply affected by this stuff and now I have the sort of responsibility as as well as the honor of turning that into art it's Brittany's personal story and and the greater aspect of it and we're trying to make nft art utilizing all of the technology available to us now with that being virtual reality using artificial intelligence uh, oriented reality voxels motion motion capture uh 360 cameras everything we're, we're throwing everything in the fridge and our grandmother at it to kind of suck all of this amazing substance into artworks that will truly push the envelope of what can be done with NFTs and really make art that has relevance to us all. Yeah, yeah really and 
Oh, uh, go ahead, guys. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds only appropriate just because the, the criticality of the messages that, that you are sharing, the messages that uh, took place through this, the story that you personally lived uh, are absolutely deserving of all of the means we have to render them uh, across mediums. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think one of one of the main points of the collection that we're putting together and the collection is really not just an NFT collection, it's an AR VR exhibit and also big paintings that we're going to take on world tour. Uh, so obviously the NFTs are, are what we can put forth first uh, before Vesa comes over to Austin, Texas for us to do a collaborative session sometime next month where we're actually going to create all of this. It's really to, uh, to find the most tangible and impactful way for as many people as possible to understand data, privacy, blockchain technology, how all of these things are interwoven, how we're actually going to use technology in order to solve the problems that legacy technology created, right? And, and that's what I really feel like a, a lot of my external story has been over the past three years since becoming a whistleblower, which is really to say, you know, yes, technology created a lot of problems in the world, but it's going to be cutting edge and ethical technology built by my friends over here <laughs> that can actually solve these problems of transparency and consent and permission structures and tracking and traceability and owning your data, being able to monetize your own value, empowering yourself. And, th and that's why I've always been such a huge proponent of blockchain technology, because from the beginning, I really saw that, okay, there's a big unregulated data industry that is now the world's most valuable asset class, a multi-trillion dollar industry being traded around the world, but we actually do have technologies to protect ourselves. We just need to get the right laws and regulations in place. We need to get mass adoption and for people to understand that you can find ways of actually owning your digital assets. You can find ways to harness your own value and it, instead of everything being extracted from you, which in, generally, uh, in general has been how technology has been built over the past couple decades. So we have, we're at this like critical pivotal moment where we can change all of that. So Vesa and I are launching our big exhibition at the Dubai World's Fair. Uh, in partnership with the Dubai Blockchain Center and also probably the Museum of the Future. And then we'll take that to Miami, to London, to New York, uh, obviously. And it's, it's supposed to be interactive, educational, inspiring for people to really start to land the plane about how important these issues are and to try to understand through art. Because what I really found was after making the great hack and getting nominated for a BAFTA, an Emmy, an Oscar, all of a sudden there's hundreds of millions of people around the world that saw this and for the first time understood how extractive the data industry is and how legacy technology was actually built to take things away from them as opposed to make them successful and empowered in life. And so uh, here comes, you know, blockchain technology and us describing to people what that can do for you and how that can empower you. And uh, we're just so excited to be, you know, launching the first exclusive collection today with you guys <laughs> and <laughs> because it's going to be a big journey. <laughs> let me say this. We're three minutes away, actually, from this, and people are going to be like, wait, what am I looking at here? Let me give everybody the URL so you can go here right now and see this piece, which is a piece, but it isn't the piece. 
but you can get the piece by getting this piece. Go to nifty.deals forward slash art. It will take you to this page on Atomic Hub. This is a wax drop, nifty.deals forward slash art. The name of the piece is We Owe You Art, and it's going to be a 21-minute open sale, one per person. Veza, what the hell are we looking at here? Some minor innovation, I, I suppose. Uh, I mean, the, um, the whole thing of open, open editions for a limited amount of time is a blockchain native kind of thing. And it's very cool because uh, there's a lot of different kinds of hot words and, and sort of buzzy things that you can say. But the, the open editions, they, what they truly do is that they do democratize art because people might be unfamiliar with NFTs. They might be unf unfamiliar with digital art, but they've... Uh, they've seen the secondary markets that these $200 pieces can easily flip 10x, 20x, 50x, whatever, uh, in, in these types of ways. But I wanted to add to that thing. So I wanted to make uh, this IOU, which is essentially what we're doing is a crowdfunding project. We need some resources in order to really uh, do all of these th things that uh, we're saying and proposing that, you know, the virtual reality pieces and things like that. I'm currently working with one piece that has been taking four months to put together. Uh, uh, and, and it's it, it's incredibly expensive. So what you get with this is this little piece that is a collectible in and of itself. You can just say, well, I was there, I got the piece and whatever. It's a cool little thing. But what it means is that once I fly to Texas, I go to Austin and we do some incredibly cool uh, artwork uh, with this $200, you get this little thing that you can trade or keep or do whatever you want with it. But eventually what this will get you is once we're done with the project, a really, really cool full-blown art piece. And we're going to make sure that it's something that is worth everyone's time and money. And uh, it's a very affordable way, not only to support us, but also maybe, uh, well, who knows what what happened with it. So uh, you're just going to have to take the risk if you do. And the cool thing about it is that, you know, $200 is something that most people in NFTs can afford uh, to sort of uh, gamble with a little bit. But if you really put this whole story in context and what we can do, where we're going to launch this and how, how much attention it will get, I it's pretty safe to say that it's probably a pretty good investment too. Seven seconds. Here we go, gang. Am I buying one? You're damn straight I am. Like, without a doubt, here we go. And boom. Yep. Let's fund that project. Now I got the sweet NFT right here. And um, you guys, you're dealing with one of the pioneers of, of blockchain digital art. And you're dealing with the pioneer of, uh, of freedom, liberty, owning your own data in an era where people are giving it away the two of these together are an absolute powerhouse and i really recommend that you grab one of these pieces right here i can i can go see it in my wallet now right let's go see and what, what's really cool about this being an open edition is that it's giving all of us uh, an opportunity to participate in the proliferation of bringing people into this awakening where you know by the default with the rise of social media we kind of assumed oh uh, i don't have ownership of this other this other aspect of me i can just give this away freely and helping the people to realize that actually we can claim ownership of that and we have a way to to fight for that oh i just noticed here that the mp4 has uh, audio with it. oh yeah you're this <laughs> go full screen and let's turn on the audio here we go 
Oh, that's high res, beautiful. The MP4. I'm lucky that I share an initial with uh, one of my favorite digital assets. You know. <laughs> I gotta say, even even if um, even if this was just the art, from my perspective, two hundred dollars for a Vez original is like that's like I'm gonna get something else mind-blowingly more super cool than this. It's going to be something so much beyond, uh, like we're, we're actually working with, um, for the, the Yuha here behind me is, is um, collaborating to do this uh, uh, drop for the Blue Wizard on, on wax. And we, we made this drop with you guys uh, called the Genesis piece. What was it, a couple of weeks ago or something that we did this? And we, we kind of tried how far we can take uh, video art and this this kind of a concept. And we're pushing this from what we achieved with that, which we were pretty happy about. We're pushing this like 10 times further in multiple different ways. I mean, I, I had the fun playing a wizard in front of a green screen and we're sort of making that thing come alive and telling a whole much, much more elaborate story this time. Uh, so, but in, in some sense, this is also a test run for the studio. It's a very cool commission piece, but we're also in rehearsing of what it is that we can do once we get this footage uh, shot with Brittany in in Austin uh, so we, we are very very confident that we're gonna we're, we're gonna be able to uh, drop some pretty cool art in your wallet and uh, this is you ain't seen nothing yet so if when you release the full piece only the people that have this pre-sale piece will get that piece is that right yeah correct and only the edition that is now sold will ever be available to anyone. So this is exclusively for this very limited amount of time. And, uh, you know, we can't unfortunately say or even know at this point what this artwork will be, but we will make sure that it's a cool one because we really appreciate everyone's help who now comes on board to help me fly and get all the i mean we have huge studios that we need to rent we have big production crews we have a very expensive equipment i mean this is a full-blown international scale collaboration where um yeah it'll be expensive <laughs> zach you know, any questions for our illustrious guests oh i have i have so many questions I, i'm not sure um, how how uh, directly related to this particular collaboration they are. Um, I'm quite excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. Go ask whatever you want. You have their ears. I'm so excited to hear, by the way, that uh, you were the genesis of the Data Avenger. <laughs> you know, there, there's so nothing good. more satisfying when... when uh, we we bring these these fictional characters to life that that somebody who inspired one of them um, personally en enjoys the representation that they themselves inspired. That's that's very gratifying. So I'm, I'm thrilled um, to to know that you uh, enjoy the character. Yeah, well, I mean, ju just to add a little bit more color to that, uh, I work with different groups of people on blockchain and digital asset legislation, uh, privacy and data protection law. And I've started calling us the Data Avengers, <laughs> my group of data rights activists and kind of blockchain legislative dorks, you know, <laughs> all, all of us that like to uh, lobby on, on blockchain topics for fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, 
I, I was so impressed by that characterization. I just started calling all of us the data Avengers. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to share the, um, the action version of that card right here for those who haven't seen. You know, Series 1 had the original static um, data Avenger uh, with her, her little drone there and the different variations. But in Series 2 Titan packs, you have a chance to get this action card. And uh, I just, I freaking love it. It's so cool. It's so cool. I Good love day. it. Good boy. And if you, if you guys didn't notice uh, on her arm, it says uh, own your data. So uh, my own your data foundation is a 501c3 charity. And we teach, uh, we teach digital literacy education, mostly to parents and teachers that have young kids. But we also have professionals training and we, we do high school and college lectures and things of that nature. So we teach people about their data rights and cybersecurity and how to protect themselves online, uh, both for adults and kids. And uh, proceeds from this project are going to go to that. So, mm. uh, so thank you guys. Thank you everyone for, uh, for uh, getting in and getting involved early and helping us fund the creation of this massive project and exhibit. You guys should be FOMOing like crazy on this. This is Beza and Brittany Kaiser. You're going to spend $200 in wax to get this piece of art, and then they are going to blow your minds. I mean, the, and these two names are rising stars. Beza, I don't know if you're able to say anything yet about what's happening in your world or, you know, some of the things you've told me. Are you able to share any of that publicly, or is it still? Well, I'll... I'll, I'll tell you this. Actually, why, why not? Uh, we're always announcing cool stuff here. Because, so, because uh, they, I, you, you guys only have 13 minutes and 47 seconds to FOMO on this. And, and he's about to tell you something mind-blowing. So listen in. Well, uh, this is why help altogether, I suppose, is, is important and why we do appreciate anyone who collects this piece so much as well. And I, I promise to uh, do a little bit of a name drop because it was Mr. Ben Leff who introduced me to Brittany Kaiser and uh, it, sometimes the people who work behind the scenes they don't get all the all the gratitude that they might might deserve of putting things together and helping things out and this thing now what uh, I'm about to tell you was put together by Orna this Finnish uh, goddess who sort of helped me connect with this company called Vario which means shadow and it's vario.com that's v-a-r-j-o.com and essentially it's not even available for prosumers yet it's the world's most advanced uh, virtual reality uh, headset and essentially it does xr2 like because it has like three cameras or six cameras at the front of it as well and it's more of a surgical tool rather than uh, a sort of VR Beat Saber type of fun thing. I mean, it's uh, the, there's no latency. You can literally drive a car with those uh, glasses that is on the road and you might be somewhere else. And doctors across the world are using them in surgery and things like that. So it's really something extra special and almost no one has these glasses. And they came to visit my studio just a while ago and they partnered up with me. Uh, and we're uh, some of this art that we're going to be doing uh, is going to be only available via the most incredible pair of VR glasses ever. And it's like, because uh, their resolution is 8,000 pixels, which is the same resolution as your eyes. After you 
hit 8,000, your, your mind won't know whether it's reality or whether, if it's virtual reality. So if you have 8K productions inside of these glasses, you, it will feel like inside of this uh, design, like you're in reality. So I've been a fanboy of this company for such a long time. It feels like to me, like I'm getting an early collaboration with a, an early Tesla or, or, or something like uh, Apple. And Apple actually is one of their major purchasers and, and Lockheed Martin and Boeing and you know all of these, Volvo, whatever, they, they're just singing their praises because this is such an incredible product that is just blowing everything else out of the water. Uh, so uh, I'm incredibly privileged to say that they've joined our campaign to make something really, really cool happen. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the thing. Then, then going to um, also Dr. Marvan from the Dubai Blockchain Center is going to be an integral part of the physical exhibition part of this all. And, and like Brittany was saying, we're going to be going to Miami and, and uh, the, with her incredible network, we also have uh, access to some really cool resources to make some good stuff happen. So uh, is this causing FOMO to anyone? I mean, I, I'd be buying. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I knew what was coming. And I also know some of the other things you've told me that you can't reveal yet. So I like FOMO'd in right away. And uh, don't, you know, wh when can people expect the final piece to be delivered conservatively. Like if you were gonna say, all right, buy this state, it will drop into your wallet. I would say it's not gonna be more than three months on this one because it's probably gonna be one of the first ones that we make and it's less, we haven't really decided, Brittany, when, when I'm coming over, but that might be quite soon. It might be in a couple of weeks that I'm flying to Austin. Absolutely. <laughs> so Texas so, is open for business, so. Right. <laughs> They Come need on to be over. holding this, though. If like if you sell this piece to somebody else, they're going to get the final piece, right? So sorry, I kind of missed that. If uh, you have to be holding this piece in your wallet in order to receive the final piece, so if somebody yeah. has this piece and they sell it to somebody else, that somebody else is going to get the final piece. Yes, yes, because it's tied to the. Uh, blockchain address um, that that has purchased this this particular one but if you guys don't mind because uh, I, I would just like to maybe bring bring and elevate uh, Brittany even further with this and just uh, would you please kindly tell a little bit of of the personal side of of this incredible story of yours that uh, yours that we're turning because it often like you talk about the pic big picture and we talk about the big picture uh, it, it's compelling but it's also, it, it, for me, the motivation is so much about your personal experience on this as well. Would you mind sharing some of that stuff that we're going to be turning into art that might inspire people? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my, my personal journey into working at a company like Cambridge Analytica is probably a bit different than uh, what most people expect. <laughs> if you read my best-selling book, you might know, but... Uh, I was studying as a human rights lawyer for a lot of my life and uh, originally started getting into technology and data um, with political campaigning when I was quite young, but started really exploring the wider kind of like data-driven marketing using artificial intelligence for, you know, micro-targeted messaging and campaigns as, um, as a human rights campaigner. 
So I was working for big NGOs like Amnesty International or even smaller charities that were all trying to learn how to use these technologies to get their message out. They were all doing positive human impact work. And I thought they should learn how to use all of these technologies that I suppose are mostly native to, uh, mostly native to advertising industries. And as I was writing my PhD, which I, I was studying as a human rights lawyer, as I said, but I was looking at something called preventive diplomacy. And what that means is how can you prevent crisis before it happens? So you make strong decisions based off of data in order to do that. How does a president or a prime minister stop a war from happening, for instance? It's usually about how much data you have access to, how early you have access to that data, how good the data scientists are that are using it. And you can read patterns and then be able to tell that something's going to happen and heat it off before it does. So that's what my whole PhD thesis was about. And I was at law school where they don't teach you much about data science. So <laughs> I had a friend of mine introduce me to the CEO of Cambridge Analytica and I saw the incredible work that they're doing. And I thought, you know, this stuff is going to change the world. If you can put this in the hands of governments, if you can put this in the hands of human rights organizations, if you can make policy changes and make strategy decisions off of these types of data systems, we can make the world a better place so much faster. And so I decided to join that company in order to learn how to do that. The first project they ever showed me was um, at the time it was 2014 and a lot of young people in the UK were being recruited into ISIS at the time. And so they were doing this big data project for NATO where they were finding loads of young people who were being recruited on social media to sneak themselves into Syria. And so they were using data to be able to see that these kids were likely to decide to attempt this because they were being recruited and instead run counter propaganda communications to keep these kids home safe with their family and not joining a terrorist group, for instance, right? And so I thought this is like insane, this is magical, I have to throw myself into it and spent so many years traveling around the world trying to teach people how to use these tools because I saw it as a net positive as opposed to, I suppose what some technologies are, which is just a tool. So if you're a good person, you can do something for good. And if you decide to abuse those tools, then, uh, you know, some pretty bad things can happen, which is what I eventually found out that like we as individuals, the people who produce the world's most valuable asset class somehow don't have our human rights protected. <laughs> Every single day, all of this personal information is being taken from us and it's being used by whomever for whatever they want to use it for. It's not being used to empower us. And no one's trying to protect us from people using our personal information to target us. And so I, I, becoming a whistleblower is probably one of the scariest things that you can ever do. Um, most famous whistleblowers end up losing their freedom, uh, end up getting targeted, persecuted, in jail for the rest of their life, never able to travel again. And so, um, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. It's kind of like jumping off a off a cliff without knowing if you have a parachute, let alone if it works. Um, but I felt like what I had to do was kind of stand up for all of us and stand up for the fact that technology can be used for good things and that data itself 
is not an issue. It's just the way that the industry was designed and that we have the opportunity to do something to change that. I think most of the people that are listening to this and definitely the rest of the people that are on this show right now know how important uh, blockchain technology is to that story, uh, which is that we actually have the power in our own hands to use technologies that protect us and empower us as opposed to just being a source of value for big companies like Facebook, right? <laughs> we Snowden, can decide. Go ahead. Kaiser. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> right. And the or the order is that because your life didn't get so screwed up, right? It's 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 such a it's a great thing at the same time that you're you're not stuck in Russia or in some cell or whatever things like that. But the revelation of is of the same magnitude. And for three minutes only, uh, gang, as Joel often often says on the show, you can get this stuff. It's like th this is it's history. It's really we're turning this into NFTs. And uh, for what's so weird for me is that what people find valuable in the NFT and crypto art space and what sort of seems to glide, uh, what, what we're trying to achieve here is such multifaceted value. And as we've talked with Joel many times before, and we've we everyone is sort of so disappointed at the hundred and fifty thousand dollar bananas on a Miami gallery wall uh, type of crap, and no one really believes art, and they go like, oh, it's just money laundering, and it's just crap, people pretentious, whatever this and that. Well, if you want to support something that is the polar opposite of all of that, significance to real people's lives, returning art's value as a segment of life that is relevant to all of us, here's your chance, 200 bucks, and you're probably going to make at least 2000 bucks back. So, you know, have a heart. That, that, that's a big promise, but I hope you're right. And, and, you know, here's the thing. The last sale we did, your one of one piece sold for $1,000. 21 of them were gone in a second. I couldn't get one. This is a $200 piece, gang, and you're going to get something that these two are putting their heart and soul into beyond this piece right here, which is cool on its own. So the, if you have it, I am not a, a financial advisor, but I believe in Veza and I believe in Brittany and I believe they're going to over deliver. And I believe that people who don't get this when they see the final piece are going to go, shit, you mean in that last minute I had to get one of these? I didn't. What's wrong with me? What kind of brain damage must I have? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Zach, I'm assuming you bought one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Immediately. Um, I was, of course, going for uh, the, the number one, but I was a little slow on the draw with my anchor. Um, I, I actually do have a, a data question for Brittany. Yeah, Because uh, you were just saying a, a lot of things I agree with. Um, it, I had never heard of preventative diplomacy before. That was a really cool concept, and I'm, I'm thrilled that you introduced me to it. Now, obviously, you know, none of us want to live through a crisis, and at the same time, um, a lot of us in the crypto space especially are very privacy-minded. So what I wanted to know was, do you see any potential conflict between those two desires, both to have full control of our own data and to try to use big data as much as is available in order to prevent crises before they occur? Yeah, absolutely. So what I really see is, you know, the concept of privacy is for us to be able to keep certain things private that we, we need to or we want to keep private. 
But everything else that doesn't need to be kept private, we can put those digital assets out there and those can start to generate insights. They can generate. Well, come back, Brittany. Come back. Come back to us. She frozen up for you too. I was really excited about whatever she was saying. Yeah, she was like about ready to get to the meat of it. And, and then she was like, oh, it's a cliffhanger and we'll see you next week on the Nifty yeah. Show. Okay, Brittany, we lost the last 30 seconds of you right there. So go ahead and repeat that, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, I was wondering why you guys were frozen. Um, but the, the entire point of you know protecting our privacy is so that things that we need to keep private, we can keep private. But we don't need to keep everything private. I think most of us in crypto are very happy to share certain data if we're going to reap rewards. I mean, it's really like staking our digital assets. We decide to put anonymous data sets about ourselves out there in the world. And all of a sudden we're just earning an income every single day, just of having our digital assets out there for people to have access to. It doesn't need to be our personally identifiable information. It doesn't need to be certain information that we don't want to share with people, but our anonymized data sets that we safely and consensually decide to share can be generating exponential revenue every single day. And the more, uh, the more data inputs that we put out into algorithms doing decision-making for companies, for governments all across the world, the more that we are actually contributing to a positive data economy. And that's really how I feel. Obviously, if people want to keep everything private, you can do that. But I really believe that once we're properly incentivized, when the incentive structures are flipped and we're actually given a reason, uh, that we will participate in the data economy as opposed to withdrawing. I've got a bunch of scrap data that's hanging around the back of my mind here <laughs> with like junk data that I can sell off to you because I'm not using it. Um, I don't want you guys to go yet. Um, I want to get back to what we're talking about here. But first, I want to point out uh, that we are about to release the first uh, new uh, Bitcoin designed by Sir Lord Travis Wright in the Bitcoin collection that goes along with the 2010 series that will be launching on the 21st of March. And uh, in just a little bit, we'll show you what that piece looks like. It commemorates the 2010 January 3rd price of Bitcoin, which is four cents. However, if you want to get this drop, it's a 21 minute open edition. It is just 21 wax. We're combating the bots. It begins in one minute at, let me make sure I give you the correct URL here, nifty.show forward slash baby, because Travis named this piece Baby Satoshi. There are the little <laughs> babies running around there going, bah, 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 bah. so nifty.show forward slash baby is where you'll be able to get this drop here. We're all going to fight for the, uh, the number one. Um, Zach will probably get a lower mint than me because he's always really, really good at that. <laughs> uh, but we'll show you the other piece here in a moment. Um, 42 of you secured the, um, the We Owe You Art piece. And I cannot wait to see what you two come up with uh, that drops into our wallets. Yeah, thanks everyone to, uh, for, for collecting. I think you're going to get incredible value for for your investment so thanks for participating and and helping us out uh, it's gonna Absolutely. be awesome thank you guys and thanks for having us joel and zach awesome i'm getting my, my little baby satoshi veza Brittany. 
Thank you both so much. Of course, uh, Own Your Data Foundation, the website is ownyourdata.org? Uh, ownyourdata.foundation. That foundation, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> artforcrypto.com is where you will find um, Veza's work and recommend that you guys go check that out. Uh, Veza, Brittany, thank you both so much. And congratulations on your, uh, your Kickstarter today. <laughs> Thanks, thank guys. Thank you so much, Zach and Joe. Cheers. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Travis. Somewhere at the airport. We appreciate and it. Travis. At the airport. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Later, oh, guys. The, uh, uh, Zach, did you get your uh, baby Satoshi? I did get my baby Satoshi. All right. It's a 21-minute open edition. The mints are flying right now. A 72 purchase and uh, one per account. That's what we're doing now. And in fact, this is... Uh, I want to talk about, Zach, the the encounter we had with the first Bitcoin collection sale. Vez's pieces, the $999 piece, the foundation went like that. I didn't get one. Did you get one? I had to get one on the secondary market. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's, I'm gonna, I guess I'll have to go. I might have actually picked one up on the secondary. I can't remember if I did or not because so much is going on. And then we had our 21-minute open edition piece. That was the trophy commemorating. And what we did is we allowed people to buy more than one. Well, I think that in, the, in a short-term perspective, that might have been an error. And here's why. When you're doing an open edition and you tell people they can buy as many as they want, there are some who go into it thinking, oh, I'm going to buy a bunch and then I'm going to flip them right away. But what those people weren't thinking is, it's an open edition. Anybody who wants a piece right now can buy a piece. Right now, in the future, there's going to be those who miss that, that you might be able to flip it for a profit. But it doesn't make any sense if you've got a pool of this many people and then you're trying to sell it to the people that just bought it. That, And, and so the, the price of that initially has gone down. And I think it's because of that mentality. You know, I, I suspect that uh, just as the NFT world has been an introduction for me into any kind of real finance, it's been the same for a lot of other people. And there's two disproportionately influential, disproportionately lucrative NFT um, companies that I think have trained a lot of us into this sort of unhealthy mindset that ends us up losing out by, by trying to flip. And those would be Nifty Gateway and NBA Top Shot. You know, tons of the people who are on both of those sites, myself included, don't actually necessarily care about the things that we're buying. But we've seen things flip for 20, 30, 100x, and we want a piece of that. And right. then we think, oh, well, anytime something appears to be uh, this scarce or this luxury, I can apply the same principle there. And that's just not the case. It's not how it works. So here's how we're modifying this for the, uh, the March 21st sale. Uh, we are, I'm going to show you the piece here first. This is uh, from our hero report the other night, and this is not the final gift. This is an MP4. The final one will loop, but you can see right here, this is the January 3rd, 2010 piece with Bitcoin at the price of four cents. And I feel like this is leveled up. Now there's going to be two of these, one of them with the, um, the, let me play this again. 
one with the white little baby Satoshis behind it and one with gold. And what will happen is you'll have an opportunity to buy one within the 21 minute period. And that's it. We're going to limit it to one per wallet. This is, this is for collectors. This is, this is not necessarily for flipping. However, if you are going to flip, you have a better chance of flipping that one than you do if you have multiple, because there will be people that miss out on the sale and there will be people in the March and the April sale, in the May sale, in the June sale that are going to see that there's fewer of these. Uh, but I'm keeping all of mine. There will be two of these. You will purchase a token that then uh, entitles you to a drop of a random number of one of two different NFTs. So there's actually going to be two number ones in this set. So in a way, we've actually done two separate favors for people who are looking to flip. Because on one hand, the supply is going to be much closer to the actual demands than it was for the last release. And on the other hand, uh, people who are serious collectors and who wants to get their hands on both of the unique versions of this, uh, there's going to be a higher demand across the board, at least on paper. Yeah, well, it just it makes sense. And look at the, the reflection in the marble. Um, I love the base of this. So, you know, what I can't wait to see all of them from each year lined up, you know, at the Bitcoin price next to each other, you know, and, and January 3rd, 2022, where it's like 100,000 or something crazy like that. Um, that's just going to have to be people dancing around it, celebrating or something. Can we talk about the artist piece that we'll be releasing? So here's what we've decided, and you didn't know about this. Um, is that what we've decided is that the one of the, the limited edition artist piece we're going to do every other month. Okay. So this every other month will just every month will be the commemorative piece um, where you can purchase one during a 21 minute period. And every other month will be the limited edition 21 pieces. Uh, but you could talk about who's doing that for next month. I can't remember who it was. There, I have two minds, two names in, in my mind. Pumayana is doing okay. it. Okay, excellent. Yeah. He produces is, is just a, a grand slam. I, I love his work. I love what he did on the collector's editions and the mythic borders in, in blockchain heroes. I love his own independent uh, Bitcoin work. It's, it's all beautiful stuff. He's, yeah, he's so talented. So that's going to be part of the April 21st, but mark your calendar for March 21st at 12 noon Eastern, where you'll be able to get this piece. And you still have a few minutes left to get this one right here, the baby Satoshis. It's, you know, you can see why it's this. It's a precursor to the, uh, the main event that takes place on the 21st. Uh, it is only 21 wax, $4.95, one per account. And that's why we see lower numbers now is because people who previously would have bought five of them can only buy one. And I like this, this limited uh, edition sense, you know, restricting it so that, you know what, you could do another wallet if you want to, but most people have one wallet and it's saying, behave yourself, buy one, be a collector. Besides, this is not like it's a, an expensive piece. I mean, this is really a good deal. What else did I want to talk about? Oh, 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 there's oh, oh. so much to talk about. Are you kidding me? There is. I know we're already over an hour. I don't want to keep people around too long. So what, what's on your mind? Tell me what you're well, there's, thinking. There's, there's um, two big things that are on my mind. One is quid, 
announcing that they are going to be blockchainifying because that's enormous. And the other is the, the overwhelming sense of how the music industry is now exploding into the blockchain space, okay? I have one of my, I'll call him a normie friend because he's not really into blockchain, um, actually share with me that there were these NFTs being released for the the late musical artist MF Doom. Uh, and you know what? I'll just share my screen here so I can I can uh, show these off. Um, at at app.illist.space, um, there are these these MF Doom masks. This is like the, the artist's personal brand, his his sort of uh, icon. Uh, and uh, uh, down here. Uh, Wow. I saw that one one was going for 600 ETH, so I'm not sure why it's back down to 200. But uh, they've got um, all of these different versions, and then they're, they're doing a one-of-one -one auction on the, on the Black Sludge. Now, before a week ago, I never would have thought that this would show up. And th this is a sign to me that uh, it might be that the, the music industry is one of the major vectors through which a lot more people are going to be onboarded, not just in the NFTs, but in the blockchain. Yeah, uh, it, it's coming. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, I think I mentioned the beginning of the show, I can't remember what I told people, is that we've had this week multiple conversations with people in the entertainment industry, including the, the president of a major record label, uh, tour managers for major bands. We're talking A-lister stuff. And um, stuff is, is happening really fast. And uh, I don't know who exactly we're going to be working with to help them build out their NFTs. There are some, one we talked to yesterday felt like they wanted to rush something to market. And Travis and I were like, no, nope, we're not going to do that. You're either going to do it right with us or you're going to go rush it and do it wrong with somebody else. But we're not interested in the money grab. We're interested in providing value and quality. We're talking about a big name too. They were like, we were talking about getting something out for Monday. I'm like, that is just that, oh, don't do that. Why? Oh, because we, you know, the, the iron is hot. This iron is is barely warm. Just because everybody's right. talking about it right now, it's still heating up. This thing is at the beginning. You have time to do it right. For the love of God, please do it right. Especially if you want people to actually know about what it is that you're doing. <laughs> oh, I just, I can't stand another money grab. So what Zach said is true. The the Quid app. If you don't have this yet, the app is uh, uh is it? Uh, did you get it on Android too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's on both okay. iPhone, uh, iPhone and Android. Yeah, uh, iPhone and Android. They have. Let me read to you the uh, the licensing brands that they have in uh, in their marketplace. Um, Archer, Bob's Burgers, Breaking Bad, Dr. Seuss, Firefly, Marvel, Adventure Time, Capcom, Care Bears, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Funko Pop, GameStop, uh, Mickey Mouse, Jurassic Park. Are you getting the picture? Rick and Morty. The list goes on. These are all collectibles that people are purchasing in the app with real money and coins that you earn in the app. But Animoca Brands has purchased Quid and they are blockchainifying the whole thing. So we that need to remind people who Animoca Brands is, though, because they're responsible for the gigantic uh, F1 uh, NFT game that they that's uh, been running for a while. 
mm-hmm. the, the the barrier to entry on on their F one game is so freaking high. Even I'm not a part of it, but uh, they they've already seen colossal success in the the NFT space. Yeah, they're very serious about this, and and Travis and I have been fortunate to be advisors uh, with Animoca, and they've sponsored Bad Crypto, uh, and we love Yatsu, uh, the CEO over there. He is so visionary. And uh, we, they are going to be, um, I believe there's going to be a token offering on Quid, pretty sure. And I don't know what's public and what information they've released or not, but pretty sure there's a, a token associated with it. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing where they go with this. So that is big news. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, not, not financial advice, just a, a suspicion that I have um, that if, if they are going to turn the existing collectibles that people in the quid app have if they're if they are going to turn those one for one into nfts the value of existing collections people who have just been casually using the app is suddenly going to... yeah uh, i agree and here's the thing if you go look in the app you can find a lot of first edition items in there cards you can find stuff from panini like like Travis was saying, he was picking up LeBron James cards for six bucks, first edition cards with only a few thousand mint. People on Top Shot are paying five figures for those. And Travis is scooping them up for six bucks thinking these could be really valuable. So you can go through your favorite brands on Quid and drop, you know, harmless money on some of these and maybe they turn into something, maybe they don't. But uh, personally, I've spent a few hundred bucks in there. I'm betting that they do. I hope I'm right. I hope you're right too. Because that would be cool. <laughs> uh, the other thing I want to let you guys to know is the hero token, which we have been uh, giving away on Nifty Show and Bad Crypto is now on Uniswap. And it, our Discord is now live. We're moving a lot of our engagement and interaction from our Telegram to our Discord because we have a members area. And if you're holding 50 hero, you get into the members area. We've already had a couple great masterminds. We're airdropping tokens to people. We're having fun and we're just getting started. I had a a talk with a developer today about adding some really cool features in our Discord that no other Discord has. And just like, you know, if you guys trust that what you've seen us pioneer so far is going to be applied to uh, future stuff, then go get some hero so that you have access to this. You can get it on Uniswap. So I think, uh, and if you just go to our Discord, there's an open room for everybody, badco.in forward slash Discord. We'll get you into that place. In fact, I want to show this off. So you guys want to see a super sexy NFT. Look at this piece that I had commissioned by uh, Art by Alex. We've only minted 100 of these and we're gonna make them available in a limited supply on the Wax blockchain to hold in your Wax wallet, but they're not gonna be sold on Wax. You're gonna only be able to purchase them with Hero. I think one Hero is about 20 cents right now. So if you go to tryroll.com, you could find the Hero token there and be able to uh, stack them up so that you're ready for when we do the sale of these very unique, very limited Nifty Show 3D cards. Super cool. I love the uh, the shadows in the background. Yeah. 
I love that both Travis and I are skinnier in the chain clash reimagination <laughs> of what we look like. <laughs> and I love if you look in the back, you could see, um, uh, you know, blockchain heroes and Bitcoin collection and the Genesis trophy is spinning. It's like there's just there's, so there's actually a couple cards that are so off to the side. That you can only see them for just a split second because they're at the very edge. Right. It's like out the window over there. You're like, like the wizard. You can see the wizard there. There he goes. And on the other side, as it spins in, you could see Mr. Wick for just a second. Very fun. All right, anything else you want to uh, talk about? <sighs> Not at the moment. Not so much happening, gang. By the way, the podcast version of this show, which is the replay without the video, is exploding. Uh, the show is now in the top 100 of Apple's business investing category. Bad crypto is around number 60 or 70. And this show um, peaked in at like number 95. I think it's at like 101 right now, but the numbers keep going up. So thanks to those of you who are reviewing the show, who are downloading and listening to the podcast version. I'm going to get moved, settled into my new digs. Next week, the Hero Report will be live from new digs. The Nifty Show will be live from there. Travis will be recording from Europe. I'll be recording from my new location. And we have a lot of work to do. So uh, we appreciate all of you tuning in. Zach, thanks for stepping in for Sir Lord Travis today. Thanks for having me on today. appreciate we, it. We need, we need to make you a Scottish landowner too. <laughs> I can't say I'm not interested. <laughs> I uh, mean, don't you, don't you want to be Sir Lord Zach Com? Eh, I, I wonder if there's another way to do that. Or if there's another going to be talking with a Scottish accent to say, I'm a lard owner. Get off my property. <laughs> ah. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Appreciate you.